I don't know about a lot of you guys, um, but I have children. And um, a lot of you guys are, are, are new to this place. Some of you aren't. Some of you knew me um, in my previous time here. Some of you don't. Um, when I was seven years old, my parents um, heard the voice of God, and my mother in particular, and she heard God tell her to come to this place when I was seven years old, right? And so I was little, I didn't understand, um, you know, uh, why we left a church that, you know, my family went to forever and we decided to come down here. Um, I was, we were at a Baptist church, nothing against the Baptist church. Um, we get a little crazier in service than most denominations do. Um, so at seven years old, that was wild, right? Um, and I say all that to say, I grew up here at this church. And I went through the children's church. I went through the junior high programs, the youth program. Most of you out there had kids that grew up with me, right, at this church. And I, I became a young adult. Um, I gave my life to Christ, um, turned right around and started serving in this church in a small way which led to being able to serve in different capacities that when I was in high school, never, never saw coming. And um, I started serving in this church as a minister at 18 years old. I was young. Um, but God called me and the pastors trusted me. They trusted me so much they would let me take their son on trips. And so I say all that to say, I didn't, but I didn't have kids at the time. I didn't have kids, right? And so I, I never really understood some of the stuff that the other men and women would stand behind this pulpit and talk about because I didn't have children, right? And now I do. In 2014, me and Kirsten moved away for her to go to chiropractic school we actually found out we were pregnant with Hudson, or she was pregnant with Hudson. We weren't pregnant. She was pregnant. We found out she was pregnant with Hudson and that she got an accepted into chiropractic school all at the same time. So if you want to know what a conversation is like to tell somebody you're leaving and you're having everybody's first grandchild at the same time, right? We softened the blow. Hey, we're moving to Atlanta and we're pregnant, right? But, but now Hudson, is, he'll be, he's nine years old, so I've had nine Christmases to experience what all of you guys would teach about Christmas, right? And I'm going to be honest with you, I had a moment yesterday where now I have two sons, Hudson and Shepard. Hudson's nine, and Shepard is three, acts like he's 13, right? And they have this habit, like brothers do, of arguing with each other, Right? And I disciplined them because me and my brother never argued. Never. Right? Never. But my two children were arguing with each other. And, and to us as adults, it was over stupid things. Right? Shepard wanted to watch Paw Patrol and Hudson wanted to watch something else. Because Shepard always gets to watch Paw Patrol and now it's Hudson's turn. Right? And I've got a nine-year-old arguing with a three-year-old about what cartoon they're going to watch. All the time, me and Kirsten are trying to get ready to take them to get some lunch. So I'm, like 
most people, I had had enough. Right? So I stormed to the living room, ready to just give it all to them. Good thing our hallway is a little bit longer, and I was able to cool down, right? Because, again, I listen to all the sermons and all the teaching things and all the parenting things, and I don't get it all right, but it plays over and over in my mind about how you should parent. So I cooled down, and I sat them two boys down, and I was going to make an example of both of them. And I said, hey, this is about to stop, or I'm going to stop it, Right? I said, if you don't want those rear ends red and burning, you better quit it. And the thought ran through my mind that I looked at both of them, and I was going to say, and if you don't cool it, you won't get Christmas. And I did just like that. And I said, again, I'll spank both of you if you don't stop. And I went to the bathroom, and of course, you know, because I threatened to fan their rear ends, they sat on the couch and watched Paw Patrol. (laughs) Suddenly, Paw Patrol was not that big of a deal anymore, right? But I went to the bathroom and I told Kirsten, I said, I almost told them I was going to take their Christmas away. And I stopped myself because no matter what those two kids do, I give them things not because of what they do, but because I love them, right? And I know that God operates that way because the scripture that we quote the most as Christians is John three sixteen, And it says this, it says, for this is how we know that God loved the world, that he gave. He gave. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that who, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into this world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. Um, Bishop is a lot better at telling you guys what the Hebrew word is. Some words in English I can't pronounce. And so I can't tell you what the Greek word is But I did look it up, and it's not much difference that in the original Greek text, this is how John 3, 16 really reads. For God loved the world so much that he gave. It's not that just God loves us. He loves us so much. Right? And we've heard the last two Sundays... Bishop has broke down those scriptures that we have been taught about Christmas our whole lives. Right? When he talked about Joshua last week, how the river would flow downwards south into the Dead Sea, that if there wasn't a way across the river, right? And that this whole book, right? He broke it down into the books of wisdom, the books of prophet, all of those things. That this book is actually in three parts. There's pre-Jesus, Jesus, and post-Jesus. This whole book is about one man. The one that came and made you right with God. This is about Jesus coming into the world, right? And why did Jesus come into the world? Because God loved us so much. 
that he didn't keep Christmas from us because we were misbehaving. Right? And, and I'm going to be careful what I say because I know there's children in here and adults, but listen, we have gotten in this habit of teaching kids you have to be good to get something. All the while, then when they come to church, we tell them it doesn't matter what you do, right? So you can see how teenagers grow up confused. Why do we have so many people that still believe you have to earn your way to heaven? Because when they're children, we teach them you have to earn your way to get something. And I'm not telling you to just praise everything your child does. No. I've been a youth pastor long enough to know if you don't discipline them, and I'm not just talking about with your hands and feet and belts and switches or whatever it is. It is. If we don't discipline our kids, if we don't raise our kids, if we don't train up our children in the way they should go, trust me, the ones that are wearing badges and driving around with lights on their cars, they will discipline our children. The teachers, that's, 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 that's. So I'm not telling, I'm not telling anybody to take your children, just give them whatever. No. But at the same time, God loved us enough. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, one of the most important scriptures in this whole book reads like this. It says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Jesus to die for us while we were still sinners. To put it in plain terms for you, God sent Jesus to die for you knowing you were a screw-up. God gave us Christmas even though we are all on the naughty list. If I can be corny and cliche for a minute. Let's take it a step further that even God has a nice and naughty list. And Jesus came to blot your name off of it. Permanently off the naughty list, on to the nice list. That's what we're celebrating. Amen? That's what the last two weeks have all been about, to get us to see. My favorite thing that Bishop said all the last two weeks was when he quoted the scripture of wood, hay, and stubble. I love going. I love watching my little boy's faces light up. When it's the Legos and it's this and it's that and it's all of this. I also like it to see a little bit of disappointment when it socks. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Because I tell both of them, look, no matter what you get, you better pretend to be grateful for it. But part of me still loves it when they go, oh, thank you for this underwear. <laughs> and we make them hold it, hold it up for a picture. We all like that a little bit, right? But I, 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 I want to read you something, and, and, and I'm not going to take long because we have the kids coming. Um, but in John chapter 1, and Pastor Joe talked about this a little bit in prayer. In John chapter 1, verses 1 through 12 is talking about one person. And that one person is Jesus, and it says this, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, 
And God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. And his life brought light to everyone, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never extinguish it. That's all about Jesus. That's not metaphor. That's not hyperbole. That's not a haiku. That is Jesus. That is the writer telling us who Jesus is. And God sent a man, John the Baptist, who was his cousin, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Everybody say Christmas. He came into this very world that he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. As we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. This this right here, the description of Jesus In John 3, 16, when it says that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, it was this. It was the word. It was the light of the world. It was the one who carried unfailing love. Notice how John talks about how the light came into the world and how when we're reborn, right, when we become believers in Jesus, when we accept the gift that was given to us, listen how he talks. He says that whom accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not from a physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. When Jesus came into the world, when he was born as a baby, that dear Lord, six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus, when he came into the world, he didn't come with human passion and plan. Have you ever sat down and wondered, God, why did you use a virgin and not just let it be normal? It would be a lot easier to believe if it was normal. Because he couldn't come in conventional human passion or plan. Why? Because in the garden all man sinned. And what does the Bible say about us? That we are born into sin. So if Jesus came the conventional way, that means the lamb would have been born into and the lamb had to be spotless and blameless and sinless so he couldn't come with normal passion or plan. The same way we don't come back to Jesus under normal human passion and plan. Amen? That's why that story, that small story that we just read so we can do the good Christian thing for our kids before they rip our presents open. That's why it's so important. Because everything in the Bible is a type and shadow of Jesus. Even the things that Jesus did were types and shadows of ways that we follow him. The way we come to Christ is not with human passion or plan. 
It's by His design. Amen? It's a birth that comes from God. And that's what happened. And no matter what happens, I encouraged our students a couple of weeks ago. When when December 1st started, I told them, I said, look, take this book that you have at home, that I hope you have at home, right? And read, and start in Luke 2, and read the Christmas story. And see what it says to you. So that you, can, so that you can understand and know. And you can also see that no matter what the enemy had planned, when Jesus told those two human, I mean, when God told those two human beings in the garden that this will happen, he will try to, you will, uh, he will bruise your heel and you will crush his head. That plan was going to go forth no matter what the enemy tried. No matter what. Look at the story, just, just the small story of Jesus coming into the world. The story that we celebrate on December 25th, the story of Jesus being born. Look at how much opposition and force and fight and trials and tribulations that those two people went through to birth what God had put inside of them. The enemy tried to kill every child to and under said, that'll get rid of them. No, you know what? God had a plan. Even as aggravating as it would have been, you just imagine if we're all sitting at home on December 24th, and God says, hey, I want you to pack up the family and go to Dothan. Now, we would do it, and I'm assuming because Joseph was human like I was, or maybe I'm just assuming that Joseph acted like me. If I would have had to pack up my pregnant wife, Because, you know, pregnant women are really easy to deal with. (laughs) If I would have had to pack up my pregnant wife, put her on a donkey, I know exactly how I would have pranced around the living room and the kitchen. And don't act like none of us, none of you would have too. You imagine... For you ladies, if while you were pregnant, if your husband comes to you and said, hey, I'm going to need you to ride this donkey all the way to Dothan. I wouldn't want to ride a donkey all the way to the end of my dirt road. But even through that aggravation, they remained faithful. Even through aggravation, and the plan of God was able to come into effect because they did what they were asked. They followed instructions. Because the prophecies that went forth in the Old Testament said the baby was going to be born in Bethlehem. Joseph was from Bethlehem. They weren't in Bethlehem. So God's word, God's plan, God's decree, whatever it is that God has willed out for your life will come to pass. No matter what we face, no matter what we see, opposition, persecution, it doesn't matter if we all remain faithful and look at a situation and say, God, this is not optimal for me, but your word says that all things will work out for my good. Not that you're causing all of these things, but you will use these things for my good. 
And so here comes the Savior of the world, born in a barn. Could the King of kings and Lord of lords been born in a mansion? Yes. And through reading the text, I think if Jesus would have come and been born in the palace, the people of his day may not have hated him so much. But why did the King of kings and the Lord of lords and our Savior come and be born in a food trough in a barn? Maybe it's to show us and humble us a little bit. That the one that makes you right with God didn't need all of the wood, hay, and stubble to be who God called him to be. Amen? Some of us, we all get a little too prideful about ourselves. Right? But the Bible says that God loved us enough He loved us so much that he gave us a gift. And I know most of you are like me. The old saying is, you know, our kids like the cardboard box more than the toy that actually came in it, right? And that's true until they hit about seven years old. Trust me, I tried. Hey, here's a cardboard box to play in. No, the only one that likes the cardboard boxes is the dog now. And even he's getting too bougie for the cardboard boxes. So, but imagine this, right? Imagine you go and you buy your kids this gift they've been begging for, this expensive gift, whatever it is, iPhones, iPads, Playstations, Xbox, whatever it is that they have their heart's desire on. And you're excited because if you're like me, you've saved up money, you've sat money aside, you've done all this to provide them with a Christmas. Because even as much as we like the little bit of disappointment about socks, I love to see my kids go, wow, thank you, dad. Thank you, mom. We love you so much. Thank you so much. And I love to watch Hudson sit at the table and build all of the Legos, right? And I love to watch Shepard sit and use his imagination with all of his Paw Patrol toys or whatever it is that he, that he gets for Christmas. I love to watch that. But imagine that we did all of that and bought them all of these nice gifts and gave them this gift and they kept it in the box. Or even think about yourself, right? We've all seen the commercials. You can go to AT&T and get the brand new iPhone with titanium on them. Right? Or if you'll switch to T-Mobile, you can get two iPhone 15s with a titanium on them. But if you'll go to Verizon, you can get four iPhone 15s on them. Right? We've all seen the commercial. And they do that because all I think about when my phone turns off and turns on, I can go get an iPhone 15 with titanium, solve my problems, World peace if I just had the iPhone 15 with titanium. With the extra zoom camera and the 45 apps that I'll never, all of that, right? But if I go buy that iPhone and never take it out of the box, yeah, I've got the brand new iPhone 15 with titanium, but it does me no good. Because I haven't unwrapped it and put it to use. Some of us have been given a gift of eternal life and it's still sitting in the package in the wrapper and we've never unwrapped it and it's just sitting there and it's kind of like Clark Griswold said actually it was Eddie it's kind of like cousin Eddie said 
Hey, Clark, that's the gift that keeps on giving year-round. The Jelly of the Month Club. But if we keep Jesus in the box, all of the people that God put us in people's lives so that we can take that box and we can open it and we can share that gift with all of those around us. It's the gift that keeps giving. But if we don't ever take it out of the box, if we don't ever use it, we're wasting that love that God gave us. Amen? For God so loved the world so much that he gave. And that's what Christmas is about. We understand that in the garden, a perfect man sinned. So on Calvary, a perfect man had to die. But before we could have death, we had to have a birth. Amen? And I want to ask a question real quick before we, before we move on to our kids thing, because I don't want anybody to leave here without ever having the opportunity to receive the gift. Amen? If you're sitting in here and you would say, Pastor Hunter, I heard the things that you said. I've been here the last couple of weeks. I've heard the things that Bishop have said. I've come to the Bible study. I came to First Wednesday. I heard what Pastor Joe said. And they've been eating at me and gnawing on me and playing over and over in my head. And I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. And I want to do that today. If that's you, if you would just slip your hand up, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you down, embarrass you, anything. I just want to make sure you're part of the family, that your Eternal life is secured, right? Amen? Everybody good? Awesome, awesome. My second question is this, before I knock the podium over. If you would say, Pastor Hunter, I've heard the things that you said, and I have a relationship with Jesus, but somehow, someway, I've walked away from it, and I want to make sure that my life is right before I leave today. If that's you, if you same thing. If you just raise your hand, I want to pray for you. Awesome. We are all good. This is what we're going to do anyway. We're all going to pray, right? Because it's okay. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess, it never tells us how many times to do it. So we're going to do that today. So if you guys will stand with me, we're going to pray. And if you guys will just repeat after me, Father God, here I am. And I'm asking you to forgive me where I have failed you, where I have sinned against you. And I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came, he died, and he rose again for me. And I believe that his blood washes away all my sins. And I believe that my name is now in the Lamb's book of life. I love you, thank you, in your name we pray, amen. All right, you guys can be seated. Awesome, awesome.